go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, as we see those images, read those words, we are reminded of the great sacrifice that Jesus made for us. The pain and the agony that he went through. Not just from the nails, not just from the stripes across his back. But the agony of feeling, Father, your presence leave him. And feeling your wrath poured out upon him as a sinner. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might know the righteousness. We praise you, Christ, and the sacrifice that was made that day. And Father, as we come now to open your word, we pray for your Holy Spirit to rest upon us. As we open the word, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts. Let us hear your message. And Lord, if there be a lost one here today, let them know your grace. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Mark. Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 11. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 11 this morning. It is Palm Sunday. And so we are going to look at uh, that triumphal entry of Christ on that day, that last uh, Sunday before he would go to the cross on that next Friday. So uh, as we begin this Passion Week, uh, do remember uh, today's Palm Sunday, but uh, we've got Good Friday coming up, and we do have a Good Friday service coming up. So please be here for that. You don't want to miss it. All right, it's going to be good. We're going to start with the Lord's Supper. And we're going to observe the Lord's Supper and then we're going to walk through the passion from the Lord's Supper to Christ's death on the cross. And so you want to be here for that. And then on of course next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we celebrate uh, the resurrection of Christ. So we'll look at the burial and the resurrection of Christ next Sunday so be a part of all of that you want to be you, you won't be disappointed so come and be a part of that at six o'clock Friday Good Friday service and then back here at our normal time on Easter Sunday but as we begin this morning if you found your place there stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word
Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And when they went away and found and went and they went away and found a colt tied at a doorpost outside in the street, and they untied it. Some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and sat and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the field. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest! And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. You may be seated. You can imagine that that Sunday morning as uh, Jesus is coming into town and people look out at the road and, and see this man riding on a donkey and people out in front of him laying down their cloaks, laying down the palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. You can imagine many of the people there, you, you think about it, they're there for Passover, for the Passover feast. Uh, many of them have come in from places like Rome and Corinth and Athens, uh, all around. They have come to Jerusalem for this, this week of the Passover. And many of them have probably never heard of Jesus, not yet. Uh, and many of them asked, who is this? Who is this guy coming in here? Who is this that, that they are shouting, Hosanna, before? You know, there's many people today asking that very question. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus that Christians get all excited about? Who is this that they celebrate on Easter and Christmas? Who is this Jesus? And we need to ask ourselves even that question. Who is this Jesus? Is Jesus my Jesus? Is he your Jesus? Is he here for us? And all our wants and needs? Or is he someone else? Who is this Jesus? As we look at this, we see that as Jesus comes to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he, become, he comes as the Prince of Peace. He comes as the Prince of Peace. And we need to understand this. This is what I hope that we see today. Christ does not come, he does not offer us every want, right? Christ, as he comes, he, doesn't, he does not offer us our every want, but he does offer us 
what we desperately need, and that is peace with God. Christ does not offer us our every want, but he does offer us what we desperately need, peace with God. Let's see that in this passage today. Uh, First thing that we notice here in our passage is that Christ comes as the promised Prince of Peace. Christ comes as the promised Prince of Peace. That's one lesson that Mark is trying to uh, communicate to us through this passage. Christ indeed comes as the promised Prince of Peace. Jesus, as he comes to Jerusalem that Sunday, he comes making a couple of different statements. First of all, he's making a cultural statement, a cultural statement. A statement that people in that day and time, in that culture, would have indeed understood. As you read that, many of us would ask, now why is he sending them to get this this colt, this donkey colt on which no one has ever ridden? That is very significant to the story. Why? Because you see, it's pronouncing that Jesus is king. Jesus is king. How is that so? Well, it was so in the culture that the king's horse, the king's mount, it was a sacred mount. It was a sacred beast. And no one else could ride on the king's beast. No one. No one at all. And the people knew that. That's why you see in Esther... Remember Esther? You know what happened to Esther? The king wanted to honor Mordecai. And so he brought in Haman. He said, Haman, what should I do? If I want to honor someone, what should I do? And, And they came up with that plan. Here's what you need to do, king. Put him on your horse. Put on a robe that you have worn and march him through the street saying, thus is so to the man that the king wishes to honor. The first part was, put him on your horse. Why was that such an honor? Because no one, no one ever rode the king's horse except for the king. And so we see that here in the gospel. As Jesus comes to Jerusalem, he's coming as the king, and he is coming on the horse, on the colt, upon which no one else has ever sat. This is a sacred beast reserved for the king. Second, it's a beast of burden. It's a donkey. You see, there's another cultural, there's some more cultural significance in that, that it is a donkey. It's not a stallion. You see, the donkey represents humility and peace. Where a war horse comes in battle. So when a king rode into a city and he comes to bring peace, he comes on the beast of humility, the beast of burden. He comes riding a donkey. So Jesus comes and he's making a pronouncement. He is the king And he comes to Jerusalem in peace to offer peace to God's people. That's the cultural statement that he is making. He's also making a prophetic statement. 
a prophetic statement. You see, all the people there, they were good little Jews, Jewish boys and girls, and they all studied their Bible, and they knew the Scripture. They knew the Old Testament well. And so when they see Jesus coming in riding this young colt, their mind goes back to Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, Jesus is not only making a cultural statement, but he is making a prophetic statement. He is saying, I am he. I am the one of which the prophets had foretold. I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords who brings salvation and peace to Jerusalem. He is the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Jesus is pronouncing that he is the Christ and he brings this offer of peace to God's people. Dear friend, perhaps you're here today and you've been struggling in life. You've been looking for peace and rest. You've been fighting the ways of this world and, and you've been looking throughout all the world and trying to find joy, trying to find peace, trying to find satisfaction in all of the things that the world has to offer. And yet time and time again, you find no peace. Jesus comes today with the offer of peace. He brings peace to you. Peace that will surpass all understanding. Christ comes to us as the promised Prince of Peace. But not only does He come as the promised Prince of Peace, but Christ uh, we need to understand here as we look at this, we need to notice that as he comes as the Prince of Peace, Christ does not, however, come to fulfill our every want or our every expectation, however you may want to put it. Christ does not come to fulfill our every want and expectation. As Christ enters into the city riding on the donkey, the people get it, don't they? They understand, they, they, they have a, a sense of what's going on here, and they're out there, and they're seeing coming, and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're throwing their coats out before him, they're throwing the palm leaves out before him. They get it. They understand who this is. They're all excited. Notice what they do they, as they spread their garments out before him. What are they doing? Uh, again, that's cultural significance there. That has cultural significance. This is in recognition of the king's royal dignity. We see this at other places in Scripture. 2 Kings, uh, 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13, we see the uh, anointing of King Jehu. And it says there, Then in haste every man of them took his garment and put it 
under him on the bare steps and they blew the trumpet and proclaimed, Jehu is king. And so as the people, they come out and they begin to, to take off their, their cloaks, their garments, and they throw them down on the ground before Jesus. They're recognizing his royal dignity. They, they understand this is the king. This is the son of David, and he has, he has come in triumph into, into Jerusalem. See, they get it. But they also, they shout, and notice what they shout, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now, we kind of understand Hosanna there to be an exclama uh, 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 a proclamation of praise. An exclamation of praise, right? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But that's not its original use. That's not how it was originally meant. It wasn't meant as a, 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 an exclamation of, of praise, a proclamation of praise. But literally what Hosanna means is save us. Save us. In fact, they're quoting here Psalm chapter 118, verses 25 and 26. Psalm 118, verse 25, 26 says, Save us, we pray. Literally, Hosanna, we pray. Save us, we pray. O Lord, O Yahweh, O Yahweh, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. They're quoting Psalm 118. Hosanna. Save us. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You're saying this is, this is the son of David. He's the one who's going to come and save us. He's here. He has arrived. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They get it. They get it. Yet, they misunderstand. They get it, but they don't get it, right? They completely misunderstand what is going on. Because you see, they are looking for, not for this, the, a, a theological Messiah, not for a Messiah who will save them spiritually. They're looking for a political Messiah. They're looking for the son of David who will come and he will take over David's throne and he will, he will kick out the Romans who are oppressing the people. They're looking for a political Messiah to come save them right here, right now, in this place, from this people, from this problem. This is what's going on. We need salvation from this, from the Romans, from, from this oppressive government. That's what we need salvation from. They're looking for a political Messiah. Their mind's not on eternity. Their mind's not set on the things that are to come. They're focused in on the here and now, and they don't get it. 
They miss it. That's why we see in a week's time, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, goes from Hosanna to crucify, crucify, crucify. Because they completely misunderstood. And oh, how many people today misunderstand. How many people look at Jesus and, and they, they say, oh yeah, I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. If, if Jesus had given me what I want, I'll take Jesus. If Jesus will fill my, my bank account, he'll get me out of this financial rut, I'll take Jesus. If Jesus uh, healed the sickness, I'll take Jesus. If Jesus will just give me what I want right now, I'll take him, I'll take him. But when they don't get what they want, things don't work out like they think they ought to work out, just like those people, they say, crucify, crucify. Who needs this? Jesus. We need to understand that Christ does not come to give us our every want and our every desire here and now in this life. He does it. We still will have hardships. In fact, Scripture, what Scripture tells us, not only will we have normal hardships in this life, but when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, it gets worse. You see, I want you to understand that. I'm not here to, to tell you that everything's going to be lovely and great when you follow Jesus because Scripture tells us it gets worse being a follower of Christ in this world. Jesus says, if they have called the teacher Beelzebub, how much more will they persecute you? If they have sent our Christ to the cross, how much more they persecute those who follow after him. See, we don't live in Christ's kingdom here and now. This world is still full of sin. It is still governed by sin. It is still ruled by the prince of the power of the air, by Satan. We are enemies in the land when we are followers of Jesus Christ. So no. Your friend, life doesn't get lovely and great and wonderful here and now when you come to Christ. Christ does not offer us what we want. Everything that we want. Yet, watch this. But Christ does offer to us what we desperately need. And dear friend, that is peace, God. Christ comes to offer us peace with God. He comes to, to bring us that which we need. The king enters into the city, the city of peace, the king of peace. You think about this. 
And remember, we just studied this not too long ago. Uh, we talked about Melchizedek, right? Melchizedek was the prince of Salem. Literally what? The prince of what? Peace, right? Uh, that was the name of his city. It was the city of peace. And, and what was that city? Jerusalem, right? Salem, Jerusalem. Uh, Salem was the city before it became Jerusalem in David's day when David took it over and made it the, his headquarters, his capital. Before that, it was Salem. And Melchizedek was the, the, the king of righteousness who came from Salem. He was the king of peace. And he came and he made an offering for Abraham and blessed Abraham. And now here we have another one after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews tells us. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is the prince of peace. He is the, the great king priest. <laughs> and he comes to the holy city. He comes to the city of peace, bringing peace to the city. And where does he go? He goes straight to the temple. He goes to the temple. The Prince of Peace, the King of Peace, comes to Jerusalem, the city of peace, and he goes to the temple, to the dwelling place of God, where his glory dwells in this, on this earth. You see, Jesus comes. He comes to bring peace to bring peace to man, peace between, to make peace between God and man. He is the mediator between us and God. You see, we have a, a great problem because of our lifelong rebellion against God, our treason against His sovereign authority. God can't love us. He can't bless us. All God has for us is His righteous judgment for our rebellion. That's all He can do. A just God, that's all He can do. But Jesus comes to bring peace. And He does it by going to Calvary's cross. By walking the Via Della Rosa. The road to Calvary. And though Jesus was a man who had no sin, he was raised up on that tree, Calvary's tree. Or cursed, Scripture says, is everyone who hangs upon a tree. But Jesus was without sin. He died the death of sin. Receiving upon himself God's wrath, God's judgment, towards us so that he might bring us to God in peace Christ doesn't come to bring us what we want he comes to bring us what we need Christ doesn't conform to what we want him to be we are to conform what he wants us to be
He don't conform to us. We conform to him. Because he is the rightful king who bought us and paid for us by his own precious blood. Jesus is the Prince of Peace who comes to give us what we desperately want or what we desperately need. And what you and I most desperately need is is not all the riches of the world. It's it's not a fulfilling career. It's not even a spouse or a house or, or anything else that this world has to offer. What we most desperately need is to have peace with God. There's some here today, you don't know peace. You've never known peace. Because all of your life you've been struggling against God. Doing it your own way. Rejecting God's way. Today the Prince of Peace offers you peace. You'll only turn to Him and trust Him. Jesus. He comes as a humble king riding the beast of humility to offer you and I peace. But be warned, dear friend. Be warned. Jesus came first riding on a donkey offering peace. But when Christ comes again, Next time, he doesn't come in peace. He comes in judgment. The first time, he comes riding on a donkey. But the second time, he comes riding upon a stallion, upon a war horse. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 reads, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed clothed in a, a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is returning, not in peace, dear friend, but in judgment. And if you pass up the offer today of peace, when he comes again, he will only give judgment. Today, Christ comes to offer you what you desperately need. Peace with God.
Will you receive that peace today? Do you have peace? If not, will you receive peace he offers? Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord God, we don't deserve Jesus. Father God, we don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve your love. We deserve nothing but hell because of our utter rebellion against you. You loved us and you gave us life. And we've rejected you. But Lord, you have not rejected us. And you offer us peace with the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Lord God, I know there's those here today. They have no peace. Oh, Lord, would you grant them peace today? Open their hearts and their eyes. Let them see Jesus. Let them come to Jesus. Let them be conformed to Jesus. And give them peace. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.